Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. To even describe the original Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System is certainly a daunting task. On one hand, it's really rather simple. You control Link, a silent protagonist in the land of Hyrule, where you are tasked to save the kidnapped Princess Zelda, obtain all eight pieces of the Triforce as you travel from region to region, dungeon to dungeon, and finally take down the evil wizard Ganon. You play from an overhead point of view, have to fight monsters, and along your journey you will uncover secret items that will allow you to travel to new areas in the game and fight stronger enemies that can only be defeated with those specific items. That really could not only sum up this game, but just about every Zelda game in the series, and at its core, that's ultimately what Zelda games are. Though that is the simple approach, the non-nostalgia approach, and the non-impact approach to these games, and since that's been done a hundred times, well, I'll just be doing my own take on these, my experience in playing through them, as this is the year of Breath of the Wild 2, so what better way than to review all of the Legend of Zelda games, at least as many as I get through, and reflect back on them as when they came out, what my experience was and is playing them since and playing them today. On one hand, you can argue that Zelda 1 is the simplest Zelda game, as other than moving in four directions, attacking and using a specific item, you really don't do a lot in terms of gameplay. After all, all you have to do to block is simply stand there. However, I think it's this lack of modern features and of course the hardware limitations at the time, considering you have a controller with just two buttons, that actually makes Zelda 1 one of the hardest Zelda games. Especially if you did not grow up playing this game or earlier generation games, Games, and you're just not used to that classic NES difficulty like you would find in games like Contra or Battletoads. Enemies can flood the screen and can attack diagonally, which links limited mobility and short range of attack can often make you feel outgunned and outclassed. However, to counter this, the game soon makes you feel equipped for the adventure after even just the slightest bit of exploring. You'll find new heart containers, and the boomerang can immediately make you feel like a god to some of the basic enemies that a few seconds ago were just giving you trouble. In fact, the heart container's location in the Zelda series can often show you just how the developers intend you to play that specific Zelda game. Zelda 1, Breath of the Wild, and Wind Waker all have the majority of their heart containers spread throughout the overworld because these games are the exploring games, whereas Twilight Princess, the heart pieces tend to be along your main path as it's one of the more story-driven, linear Zelda games. The developers want to reward you for playing the game in the way they intended, which is why heart containers in Zelda games typically sort of follow a formula in each given game. Even with Zelda 1's difficulty, it's not like you aren't prepared for what's out there in Hyrule. For starters, with full health from the get-go, you can fire a projectile from your master, or, well, magic sword, as the master sword business comes later, which does let you attack enemies from far away. And each item you unlock changes how you can attack harder enemies and makes the easier ones that much easier to kill, saving you time that you'll need to backtrack, as well as making you feel like you've leveled up. Your boomerang can stun enemies, 
enemies, you'll get armor upgrades, shield upgrades, extra heart containers, and bombs. Each new item feels significant, almost as if the game is teaching you as you go along how to combat these new enemies and uncover new secrets and areas. The more you play, the more you earn. Each new item and upgrade doesn't just give you a new toy to play with as well. It also gives you the confidence to approach new scenarios or harder enemies. For example, the magical shield turns frantically fleeing any scene with a Zora on it as their attacks can be fired diagonally and usually on screens with lots of enemies to walking through every screen like a tank. And this is one of the things that not only makes Zelda 1 special, but the entire Zelda franchise special. Every time you unlock a new piece of armor or a new weapon, it just builds your confidence and it provides you with the sense of achievement and it just keeps you coming back for more and more, constantly grinding away for that next heart container or that next special weapon. Zelda 1's dungeons are also by far the most combat heavy in the series, rather than puzzle heavy. Not to say there aren't puzzles, because there are, but they typically just revolve around killing all the enemies on a screen, or pushing a certain block in a certain direction to unlock a door or a staircase. I will say the beauty of this adventure is that it's unlike many games of its era. Zelda isn't meant to be beaten in a single playthrough, not to say you can't, but it's really meant to be explored over time. Like a fine wine, you're meant to savor this game and dive deep into Hyrule and its secrets. Which will lead me to my one negative thing if I had to pick one about Zelda 1, which is that some of what makes this game special, that sense of adventure and finding secrets, is great. But I just wish so much of the progression in the game wasn't entirely tied to it because it can be incredibly frustrating getting lost and not knowing what to do, especially considering today you're unlikely to be playing with a map that came with the cartridge, though you could look one up online. If you played this game without access to one, it could be pretty rough, especially given that not every secret has really any sort of real indicator to tell you that this is what a secret may look like, as is the case with later games, and you also don't have a traveling companion to give you hints along the way. And it brings me to a quote by Shigeru Miyamoto on his inspiration for the game. I went hiking and found a lake. It was quite a surprise for me to stumble upon it. When I traveled around the country without a map, trying to find my way, stumbling on amazing things as I went, I realized how it felt to go on an adventure like this, which can almost certainly describe the secrets in Zelda 1. When you come across them, it's amazing. However, without knowledge that they're there and playing this without a guide, you could find yourself bombing every sprite on game or burning every bush just to find secrets that are required for progression. And even some of the hints can be a little too vague and not necessarily translated the best, as well giving clues like the guy who just says grumble, grumble, grumble. I mean, what are you even supposed to do with that? Well, you're supposed to go find meat and feed him. However, in order to do so, you would have to have found a secret shop that sells meat. It's almost as if Zelda 1 walks this fine line between challenging and overly difficult. And in some places, it tends to stray off one way just to come back to center and then stray off to the other side. Because even as there are plenty of secrets in the game, there's really only ever one secret per screen. And dungeon secrets seem to be a lot more straightforward. Again, move this block or defeat every enemy in a room. It's an imbalance, but it does always seem to correct itself as you continue forward into the game.
Playing Zelda 1 today can feel a bit dated, especially compared to just about every other game in the series once you've played A Link to the Past, since Adventure of Link really strays away from the original, but we'll come back to that. So my guess, though, is that you're playing this to see where the series came from. So you will really feel the age of this game, but I would encourage you to play this and then play Breath of the Wild. And you can see just how similar these games are in terms of concept, because playing Zelda games today day certainly has a different meaning than playing Zelda in 1987, since over the course of video game history, the Zelda games have not only improved and changed themselves, but the broader video game landscape with them. Gameplay mechanics, puzzle solving, story, music, so much of the Zelda DNA has bled into the entire video game industry, and these games just carry some significant weight. Zelda 1 may today be a relic of the past, it may be rough around the edges, but it doesn't and didn't have to be perfect. It's a start point and an entry to a much bigger adventure. And I think that's the best way to sum up Zelda 1, is to look at the opening screen as soon as you press start. You're given three different directions you can travel, a cave, just begging for you to come inside. But the beauty is that you don't have to. But even after you do, it's entirely up to you to where you go, what you see, because the adventure is your own. There will be moments of success, moments of frustration, but at the end, the journey is entirely unique. So with that, I want to thank you for watching and be sure to leave a comment about your thoughts on the original Legend of Zelda. And be sure to come back for the next video where we will take a look at Zelda 2: The Adventure of Link.